Welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, friends. I'm your host, Rhett. And I'm your co-host, Taylor. <laughs> He's equal host. I, I, I guess I'm, I should have said co-host, too. Damn it! No, you're the host, and I'm the co-host. No, 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 no. This is your <laughs> show, bro. This is you. I don't know. Uh, well, now you, now you do know. Yeah, well, welcome back, guys. Um, yeah, it's been a fun fun week for us. Yeah, uh, it's felt kind of sparse, but we you know did get some stuff done. Yeah, um, it's been you know at least a little productive. Maybe not a lot of productivity days, but a lot of productivity. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about this week. Um, today, I guess technically last night uh, we're dropping our first episode. Today we're adding some of those episodes and then um putting it on some sort of feed i guess is that how that works right yeah yeah well i already <clears throat> the rss feed is created now uh so i just have to submit it to itunes which i will wait to do till i have all three of the episodes up so that it better increases our chance of visibility on the itunes store um <clears throat> You know, I don't know why. It's not that big of a deal because, like, we're never going to get fame and fortune from this podcast. But <laughs> it's um, it's considered the best way to get on, like, the new and up-and-coming list on iTunes, you know? Because iTunes has all of these, like, aggregated lists that take podcasts. And that's how a lot of people find podcasts is on iTunes. They're like, well, what's new and up-and-coming? Or what's the best in this category? Or, like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I thought and... it was uh, I thought it was pretty cool this morning. Um, I have a Google Nexus phone, and uh, the my little Google feed that I have uh, showed our episode as one of the items in my feed, which I thought was really cool. Uh, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it was like uh, said something like based on recent websites you've visited, and then it was like, you know, episode zero zero like console dot right hello world or whatever <laughs> i was like wow that's, oh, that's really, really cool. cool yeah man google's really smart yeah i miss my android um that's awesome yeah we are gonna be on itunes we're gonna hopefully be on the google play uh podcast directory which i had no idea that that was a thing but apparently it is now um and we'll also be on like stitcher radio and maybe even like tune in stuff like that so yeah. Make sure you catch us in all those places. Rhett did some. Rhett did a lot of good foundational work on the podcast this week, um, and that I'm really happy about. I didn't have as much contribution as him, but like earlier yesterday, he sent me um, like new episodes he had edited, and uh, we keep kind of iterating on our theme song. And he added like this. You guys will hear it every every episode, but it's new. Uh, at this point in time, he added this really cool like audio that says our our name. It's like Game Devs Quest, but then like the way that you did it was really cool with the like fading between your voice and like this really deep voice. Uh, like the first time I played one of the samples you gave me, I was like, oh, dude, like this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. I was pretty stoked on that. Yeah, yeah I actually. It's cool because I'm a little disappointed because the more I listen to it, the more I can tell that it's my voice. Yeah. Um, 
I can tell it's you. When I first listened to it, I was like, nobody's going to be able to tell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it just makes it sound really professional and like it's ours, you know? So I'm really Another thing I'm kind of proud of with that too is if you um, listen to it with headphones, uh, it's way more obvious, but uh, I fade the the stereo pan. Yeah. So like there's two tracks running at the same time saying the same words but different pitches and uh i have like one track uh fading from left to right it's really cool sounding with headphones yeah i've only listened to it on headphones uh so far so i was like oh that's cool i could tell like what you did you know like one your voice is kind of louder uh at first than the deep voice and they kind of like one fades out and the other fades in and it also pans right yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, they're all my voice. I just changed the pitch. Yeah, I figured. But, yeah, I was I was pretty stoked on that, so good work, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, well, I kept thinking about it. It's like, because, <clears throat> I mean, I listen to a ton of podcasts, and a lot of my favorites, like, you know, I don't know, like, I haven't listened to The Nerdist nearly as much in the last year, but that was always one of my favorites for a long time, and they have that, like, now entering nerdist.com, you know, and then they start their music, and it's like, always kind of gets you right in the mindset. Like Joe Rogan has that, like the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, Kevin Pereira's podcast has like pointless with Kevin or, you know, like, so I was just thinking like, oh, how cool would it be to put the music in and then everybody knows like where we're coming from and what's starting, you know? So I don't know. I mentioned to you yesterday, like, because uh, the first episode that you added the the music to, uh, you're all like pumped up because you do like the intro about like, hey guys, this is our first podcast. Uh, welcome to Dave, Game Devs Quest, whatever. <laughs> you're like so happy and like excited. And then you you like play the music and I'm like, oh yeah, dude, this is like, this is awesome. And then like, you're like, all right, dude, take it off or whatever. And I'm like, uh, yeah, so, uh. Like we're we're <laughs> game developers, but we don't know anything. And I just like the energy just dropped like so hard right off the bat. And so I thought it was yeah, it was pretty apparent. It's... It was like my first episode, but uh... well, I said this to you yesterday, but I, I want to tell the listener. It bears repeating. Like podcasting is a <clears throat> it's like a muscle that God. I'm sorry, I keep clearing my throat too. Um, it is a muscle that needs to be exercised. And when you exercise it, you'll find that you can talk like a mother effer. Uh, you know, I always feel bad because, like, sometimes I'll reconnect with friends I haven't seen in a long time. And they're like, good Lord, Sonny, you can talk. And I'm like, well, I do do five podcasts. <laughs> I've know? always thought that you could talk, though. Like, it doesn't matter if we're in a room full of strangers. You'll talk to somebody about, like, the most random stuff and be talking for, like, <laughs> hours, you know? So. Yeah, well, that's true. It, it it has always been one of my, I guess, gifts yeah. or curses, whichever way you want to take it. Uh, like sometimes I'll leave those social situations. I'll be like, oh no, Rhett, you did it again. You talked for an hour straight and you didn't let them. That wasn't a conversation. That was a monologue. <laughs> uh, um, but now even more so than ever, it's like I could turn on a microphone and I could talk for an hour, <laughs> like. You know, that intro, I real I, I was only going to do like a 20 second intro and I looked up and I was like, oh God, it's already like almost a minute. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I could have went a whole hour and been like, oh crap. 
<laughs> you know, it's just weird. And you'll find like already like the second episode was way better than the first for you. And even the second half of the first, like you just get comfortable and you realize it's like people are listening yeah. and I'm, li- you know, I'm going to be listening. And so it just, I don't know. There's just something about it when you get out of that weird headspace and you realize that, um, you don't have to be like subverted about it. You just fucking blurt it out and talk fast and <laughs> yeah. get excited. Like, you know, I don't know, but yeah. I've been doing it for years now. So, well, you know, I'm pretty mellow as it like to begin with. So add that to like feeling like you have the spotlight on you for a second. And I just get like really shy, but now, like now <laughs> it's like, Oh, you know, we've been doing this. It's a conversation between us. It's not a big deal. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so let's talk about a little bit more about last week. Um, I don't even remember what our goals were, to be honest. What did we do? Um, well, I uh, strategically did not give you one, I think. Oh, Maybe okay. not strategically, but I realized afterwards, I was like, oh, I didn't give one to Taylor, really. My goal was to get the podcasts ready for publishing, which I think I pretty well met. met. Yeah. Um, I w- wanted to have it done... Uh, the other night, but me and Taylor ended up getting uh, distracted by um, buying tickets to go to Japan. So <laughs> yeah. that's a thing. We're going to Japan. Yep. Um, that was uh, a big distraction and also added quite a bit of stress to my week the last couple of days. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, uh, not to get too detailed on this, but we, so it, me, Rhett, and our wives are going to Japan end of august 2017 we've been talking about it for a couple months and just watching like plane tickets and uh, a couple weeks ago we were about to buy but then we decided to hold off and after we decided to hold off like the ticket prices shot up (laughs) so we waited and then um two days ago i think um we saw really good ticket prices and really good uh flight times you know not a lot of not very one layover not a not very long and so we bought off of kayak and uh the the third party like company that it actually bought through is called airfare.com and we didn't really think anything (laughs) of it while we were buying but we bought and then i get i get a text like 30 minutes later from rhett um and it's it's like hey uh this airfare.com thing like is only getting one star reviews. Like what do we want to do? <laughs> so then like uh, my wife had fallen asleep. You know, I, I came back in after I bought the tickets. I was all excited. I'm like, we're going to Japan. You know, like this is so cool. And so she's all happy. <laughs> and then she, you know, fell asleep. And then I get that text. And then after that, Rhett and I spent three hours like digging into every single detail about the, this company. <laughs> like, did we actually buy the tickets? Like, probably overstressing everything we ended up i ended up calling air canada and waiting on hold for 50 minutes at like 11 p.m on a work night uh just to confirm that we got the tickets and of course we did um rec called air japan and the guy airlines or, or yeah japan airlines the guy was legit he's like yeah you guys are fine so uh (laughs) so that took a lot of time up this week when i think we would have spent that programming, but going to Japan or is 
getting cool. the podcast ready. Like that was the yeah, night. True. Like I was putting in a bunch of work for the podcast, and then <laughs> you were spending time with your wife. You had said, and I was like, uh, distracting you by Facebooking you that you know about the tickets. It's like, well, maybe we should buy. <laughs> and then we did, and then. I was working on the podcast and I was like, wait a minute, like we got to sort this out before I just like lose my mind. And so there went all my podcasting time. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we bought too. Cause I checked the next day and that same flight that like the days and times we were looking at went up by like 80 bucks or something. And mm-hmm. the flight times went from like, you know, 12 to 15 hours to 30 hours. So we ended up, making the right decision i think so yeah what's crazy is to think too that i was like totally resigned to settling for a 24-hour flight time to get the prices i wanted (laughs) and now we have nearly nearly direct flight times with like the cheapest prices we've seen yet (laughs) yeah i know yeah so congratulations on that looking forward to japan uh listener you'll hear about japan probably someday in the future yeah um we'll like go to japan and make a samurai game while we're there (laughs) <laughs> that would be awesome. Game Jam in in Japan. Our wives oh, go shopping. Yeah, dog. <laughs> At the internet cafes with the best high speeds that we'll ever ha- have in our life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, that was kind of a interesting side project where we had to work on this week. Um, going to uh, resources, um, I found a couple things um, I wanted to talk about. Um, one, Rhett's been preaching about the Game Developers Conference for the last several episodes, and I ended up watching um, one full episode and like part of another. Um, I'm a big fan of the game Monument Valley, uh, which is a mobile game. Uh, it's featured on the show House of Cards. That's how I learned about it. I was watching House of Cards, and I saw uh, the main character playing the game. I was like, wow. Yeah, that's how I learned of it, too. Really? Yeah, I was like, man, that game looks really cool. It's it's really a beautiful game. Um, it has puzzles, all kind of up my alley. And so I went out and bought it and played it, like, in a couple of days time time frame. But I ended up watching um, game developers conference from I think 2015 with the the lead artist on that game, and it's really interesting. Um, right? Yeah, like getting getting into the developer's head. Um, and just seeing my favorite thing about that particular one was seeing their process, um, seeing different points of of the game. Like he he showed multiple levels where, you know, he was like, "This is what we thought the level would be like," and then, oh, next we thought it would look like this, and then like this, and then oh, five or six versions later, this was the final level, and it looks similar, but like not nearly what they initially had envisioned. And uh, also what was really cool was, um, so Monument Valley was made in Unity. And uh, oh, a lot of the- that's awesome. Yeah. Um, a lot of the art was made in Photoshop, but seeing he had some, some videos of the game, like in Unity before it was rendered to look nice. And it was just cool, like seeing like, seeing it in unity you know it made me feel like like 
you know, these cool games are made in Unity, and it's enough, it's like one thing to say that, but then to actually see it in the Unity like program was awesome for some reason. You know, it just made well, it's just really inspiring. Exactly, it made me feel like I could I could make something as cool as that. Um, so that was that was really fun. Um, if you get a chance, definitely check that episode out. And if you haven't played Monument Valley. Uh, it's a great game. You should check it out. It's probably my favorite mobile game I've ever played. I wish they had more coming out, but uh, they have a couple expansion packs, and it's all worth it. You pay a couple bucks for each one, but it's all worth it. So definitely check that out. Um, I also started one with the original creator of Diablo, and uh, that was that was interesting. The guy's a little bit... Uh, is that Ted Kane or who is that, or... That name sounds familiar, but I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what his name was. Um, Wait, Ted Kane's the original creator of Fallout, I think, or something, something okay. like that, actually. Yeah, it was interesting um, hearing hearing his journey. I I only got, like, probably 15 to 20 minutes into it before I had to stop, but um, it was cool. Like, you know, you see this guy, just a normal dude, and he, like, was, had the original concept for Diablo, so... Um, they're really worth looking into. I know Rhett's been preaching about it for for weeks, but now that I actually like heeded his advice, I I appreciate that a lot. So uh, check that out. It's, they have a bunch of stuff up free on YouTube. So um, cool. I'm glad you finally uh, checked that out. Yeah, because right? that's that's been like a really major source of inspiration for me. Yeah. Well, on um, on my lunch breaks, I typically have been watching like political things or listening to podcasts. Um, but I decided like this week, I was like, well, you know, is it is it better to watch like Trevor Noah just bash on Donald Trump <laughs> over and over, or or watch something that will inspire me to, you know, continue this hobby and maybe inspire me or give me some new ideas. So I'm gonna try to start watching. I don't know if it'll always be game developers conference, but something related to game development on my lunch breaks, which I think is a good use of my time. So, dude, I, I think that might be a good a good challenge for us this coming up week is to uh, we could talk about this at the end, but maybe to like avoid the news for a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's uh, a good idea. I can't. You know, it's like I don't. I don't really watch the video, you know, the videos anymore. Like, you know, it's only so many ways Trevor Noah can make fun of Donald Trump. And there's only so many ways that everyone can do it. Right. Um, so it's like lately I've been getting my news and just like headlines, but even still it's like, it, it's just so much to keep up with. And, and it is really distracting because you read one headline, then you want to read the next, and you want to read the next, and you want to yeah. read the next. And it, the news isn't anything that we don't know, I know or expect, you know, you get wrapped up in it. <laughs> Especially after, you know, an election like we had this last year, it's people don't have good feelings about really anything. And so it's it's easy to just kind of like brood over it and then get sucked in and whatever, regardless of your political perspective. I think everybody's like not all that happy right now. So, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, <clears throat> if it's OK, I'd like to uh, talk about a resource, yeah, actually. Of course. Um, it doesn't necessarily pertain directly to game development, but this is a resource that I've used for years and actually just binged this week thinking about it. Um, it does apply indirectly to game development. Um, it is a podcast about writing. Um, 
And for those who've been like following the podcast know that I write a lot, um, short stories and been working on a couple novels for uh, a short amount of time. And part of that is from this podcast. It's called Writing Excuses. And it's headed up by Brandon Sanderson, who is the guy who is probably most famous for closing out the Wheel of Time series after uh, Robert Jordan died. Um, and a couple of other like really cool writers, uh, Mary Robinette Kowal, um, Howard Taylor, who is a comic writer who does a online web comic called uh, Schlock Mercenary, which is really great. Anyways, the point is, they're bite-sized little podcasts. They're 15 minutes long, generally. And they just talk about writing and like, you know, things that you need to know, like character development, plot development, um, you know, scene and setting and theme and all of these things. And there's 12 seasons. So if you're interested in binging or even just going through and finding a, um, you know, a, a topic that is of interest to you in that regard, it will up your, not only your writing ability, which I think is is cool if you're interested in writing, you know, great games and stuff like that. But uh, it will develop your comprehension of great writing as well. You'll be able to really like dissect great character and great uh, plot in the games that you're playing and enjoying. And also the movies you watch and the books that you read. Um, Like, I think just like the skills and stuff that I've honed from listening to this podcast for like seven years now, um, have like really made my sense in that regard just so much more heightened and so much more sharp. Um, and it makes it so when I play great games that have like great narrative, you know, I mean, like the Fallouts or the Skyrims, uh, or the Mass Effects or whatever, even games that have small amounts of narrative, um, it just makes me appreciate them so much more when you realize that it is a craft just like game development or coding uh, or art that needs to be like sharpened and taken care of. So go check that out if you get a chance, um, writing excuses. And I think, Taylor, even um, you might I, get some enjoyment out of it. I think I would. Um, that's something I wanted to talk about uh, about our progress this week um, was just how <laughs> how apparent it was um, – that I lack those kind of skills uh, with with where we got in our project this week. And I can touch on that a little bit later. Um, but what was the name of that podcast? It's called Writing Excuses. Writing Excuses. And you can get it on iTunes. It's like the top rated, like one of the top rated writing podcasts like every year. Uh, so you can usually find it like the top 10 list. It's also, uh, you, you can get it at writingexcuses.com. Uh, they just recently, like they used to have every episode featured on the iTunes feed, but their feed is so huge. They're in their 12th season. They do 52 episodes a year. Dang. Uh, and they're 15 minutes, you know, 15 or 20 minutes long a piece. Uh, so they're really bite-sized, but that is a lot of podcasts and iTunes doesn't support huge feeds like that generally. So if you wanted to get earlier seasons, which I do highly recommend, uh, because they have great, great topics, like things that I would never think about, um, you know, you can go onto their website and download the episodes manually, um, which is always a good way to get podcasts anyways, uh, you know, directly from the source because yeah. it does benefit them that way. Right. Um, but yeah, writing excuses. Go check it out. That's cool. Super awesome. And, and, and Taylor, going to what you were saying, I don't want to like 
keep running on this for too long, but you were talking about how uh, it was apparent that you don't have those skills. Uh, you do have those skills and everybody does have those skills. But like I was talking about podcasting, it's just a muscle that needs to be exercised. And it's like anything else, right? Like you can surround yourself with craft or whatever. And it, and it makes up for like not having any thoughts on the spot, right? Like, like, like everybody's funny and can tell a joke, but it's not the same as being a stand-up comedian. Like that's practicing, you know, and it's the same thing with writing and it's the same thing with podcasting. Like it just has practice. And you obviously have like really, really great ideas. If you can't articulate them like the same way that I do when we're doing it, it's not because like you're not good at it or whatever. It's just that I do it more often. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. And I'm not even that good at it. I just <laughs> do it all the time. So, yeah, don't come yeah. down on yourself, man. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's something I have to overcome. I don't have a lot of confidence most of the time. So. But that 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 could be a psychological podcast we can talk about, and maybe you can like, I could sit on your red couch and you can <laughs> listen to my. I don't I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but dude, you want to talk about like imposter syndrome, dude? That's like every day of my life. Yeah. It's like, how did I get here? And like, why do people be- like believe that? you know, like I'm capable of doing what they think I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel that way a lot too. But, uh, I did want to say thanks for bringing some variety too, because obviously I come from mostly just a coding background. So it's cool having you around. You got a lot of, uh, diverse interests and skills. So it's cool. Like having you, um, you know, just being able to utilize those things that I, might not be as strong in you know oh yeah for sure man well that's that's what makes us such good friends taylor we compliment each other (laughs) (laughs) um well not to harp on resources too much i did want to just mention if you guys haven't checked out the unity uh 3d website uh you definitely should i was i didn't actually go through any tutorials or anything this week but i was looking at their website and they have tons of cool tutorials um to help get you started uh they also have um some live training uh which is cool and then if you can't make the live training they have like an archive of videos that you can watch and some of them sound just really cool um i'm looking at them right now making an angry Birds style game is one of them um oh what else they have I don't know. Just check it out. We'll link it in the in the show notes. Um, there's a lot of good resources that you can get for free for free training on the Unity website. So definitely check that out. Um, another another thing. Again, going going back to Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> I talked about this last week, but I didn't really have much of a chance to play it uh, the previous week. I played probably for about an hour last night, and I had no idea what I was doing um, because it's a pretty complicated game. But for the current project Rhett and I are working on, uh, it's just a console application in C-sharp. And playing Dwarf Fortress was so exciting because of the, the application we're working on. Because Dwarf Fortress basically is a console application. But it just looks so cool. Like, they split the screen into multiple panes, basically. And they have, like, it's so colorful, 
Um, they use a lot of interesting characters to make like landscape. You know, like they. I remember them using the one fourth like fraction um, character a lot for like forests, and then they make it green, things like that. <laughs> like just the look of it was so cool, and it's a very complicated game. But like, oh, it's so in depth. <laughs> the learning curve is just astronomical. Yeah, I I am gonna have to spend a lot of time playing it to really grasp how it works. But it like the complexity was there. Yeah, it wasn't that far off from what we're working on right now. So it was really inspiring to play it for a little while. Um, and you don't even have to necessarily play it to get the feeling that I that I was getting. If you just go to their website. Um, bay12games.com slash dwarves I think is their website um, you'll see just from the website like the background is like the landscape that they make and you can just see like it it, it looks cool you know and that that to me um, like Rhett and I were adding some colors and stuff to our console game and going from just a black background to gray text and from that to you know, black background with colored text, it made it feel like that much more like a real game. Um, and, you know, those little things really just boost your confidence and make you feel like you're making something cool. So um, check out Dwarf Fortress. It's an awesome game. I want to figure out how it works because it seems fun. Uh, it's just right now kind of over my head. Um so anyways, uh, that's all I had as far as um, resources. Getting to our progress we made this week, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the actual programming progress we made, Red? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, let's hit it. Um, this week was, like we said, it was, a little, it was a little slower, but we had kind of last year started, or last year, last week started on, you know, the idea of, like completing the first snippet of our game so that we could like run it and have something to play and be like, Oh God, look at this. Like we created our first, the first chapter, you know? And so we really ran with that this week and uh, we did a lot of like fleshing out of stuff. We <clears throat> completed uh, a dialogue scene, which was a little involved uh, compared to like how we first envisioned it. Um, they had like multiple options. I mean, gr granted, it all sort of like led to the same um, outcome, but we just wanted to have a little bit of variety. And um, and this was and, exactly where I was saying Rhett was like, you could see Rhett's strength uh, in writing. Because <laughs> uh, we were, I, I do have to say, it was a lot of fun last night when I just sort sort of like let go of. <laughs> being too serious and we came up with some like really fun dialogue yeah. <laughs> options i had a lot of fun with that last night yeah it was uh like Rhett. we were we were writing so the character like runs into this it, their first enemy basically and uh there's a little bit of dialogue before you get into a conflict conflict with that character and uh so we had to we had these different scenarios like you know, if you chose one option, he would say this. If you chose a different option, he would say this. And so coming up with that dialogue, um, it it didn't feel like we were making a lot of progress when we hit there as far as the code goes because um, we just spent it's basically so... basically just like console.writeline and, yeah. and if-else statements. Right. 
But also we just sat there, we had the, the structure laid out and we just sat there thinking about one particular console.writeline command for, you know, <laughs> 10 minutes <laughs> to even 30 minutes maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, and there may be some tweaking we need to do to the dialogue, but the, the way that it's laid out, I feel like is pretty cool. Um, we have this, uh, w- the one thing I was really excited about is we have this stats, um, like basically bar at the top of the screen um, that is basically always there. And it doesn't just stay there. Like being a, a console uh, program, it doesn't just stay there by default. Like we set the the width and height of the console and there are times when we have to clear the console screen um, and then we have to basically redraw that stats bar across the top every time. But it's kind of an illusion to the player that it's always there and it it's cool that it's always there. It, it, again, it's another little thing that makes you feel like it's a real game. You know? Yeah. I was pretty <clears throat> I was pretty uh stoked, you know, because when me and Taylor were working on that section the the making the stats bar um static across the top of the console, uh we were trying to figure out how do we get it to stay? How do we get it to stay? And I had sort of like said an idea but I didn't explain it perfectly right and I don't think Taylor quite grasped my meaning and I was like well in my mind I was like okay that was a stupid idea whatever (laughs) and we kept like trying to figure it out and figure it out and I was like well what if we just do what I said before we just like we use the uh you know set position um uh you know tool or whatever and we pinned each thing in this exact spot we want, like using, you know, the coordinates or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's like, oh, that's a great idea. And I was like, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> well, I think I think the issue was that um, you had you had said something about just clearing that particular line. Maybe. Um, and I was like... I remember what I said the first time was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't stupid. It was just, I think I was thinking about one thing and then you were thinking about something else and I don't know. I don't think I fully understood what, what you meant. Um, well, I explained it so poorly and <laughs> when it didn't land, when it didn't land, I was like discouraged. Uh, was like, oh, okay. No, you know, I, like, and I don't want you to feel like stupid that. Ideas. No, cause, <laughs> cause your idea was, was exactly what we ended up doing. Um, it was uh, just a matter of, being on the same page and also doing yeah. enough Google searches to show us how we would clear that line. Basically right. what we ended up doing was um, using the console dot is it set position? Uh, yeah, think, set position. Yeah, console dot set position to zero zero, which is the top left hand corner of the console. And then um, we wanted it to just clear that line, but there's not a like a default command in the console. Uh, class oh, that yeah. does that. So we had to write our own function, um, which basically the function then just um, loops through the the width of the console, and then it just prints out spaces, and that overwrites that entire line instead of doing a console dot clear, 
which clears the entire screen. So yeah, that was um, really cool. I forgot that we did that. Yeah, that was. And once you see, like you explained it, and I wasn't sure what you were talking about, but then you were like, "Well, what about this like thing that I found?" And you showed me, and I was like, "Oh, that makes total sense," you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is. Ha- I totally forgot that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. Uh, you're and- talking about the like clear line thing, and I was like, "The hell are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't talk about a clear line yeah. function." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh. so that was cool. It. Um. I'm not like going through now the the process we've gone through. I'm not sure if we'll end up keeping that just based on how it's working but the idea is really good um and it works for certain situations so we'll probably end up using that same function uh we just may not use it in the basically print stats function we used um yeah so um yeah so that was pretty cool we we hammered out the kind of the first dialogue um and uh, the next step, basically, is that we're going to get into a conflict with this character, um, Smiling Donnie. <laughs> that, that's his name of the character we're fighting. Any, uh, rep- any uh, sort of uh, representation of real-life figures that you may see in this game is entirely coincidental <laughs> and uh, is no way <laughs> based oh, on real life. Yeah, it's not political in any way. Um. So the next step basically is we have to, we talked about our, our fighting mechanics in the last, or well, maybe the last couple of episodes we did. And uh, we have to actually program that now. And I'm not quite sure how that's going to be done, but we're going to get that done hopefully next week. Um, well, you know, we kind of did it before in the last iteration of the console app. True. Yeah. Uh, we'll end up using a, a lot of similar constructs there. Um, but we have to get yeah, that, that whole like, like rock, paper, scissors kind of a flow in. Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited about that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think so too. Um, and the other thing we did, um, we started to basically make the game look a little prettier. I, I think I briefly mentioned this before, but we have some ASCII art that we use in the first two screens, basically, of the game. And uh, we basically just uh, added some color to those because before they were just all gray, which didn't look that great. wasn't all that. It didn't, like, pop at you. Kind of, kind of made you feel like you were just on a command prompt window or something. And uh, so we basically, like, took... Uh, certain aspects of the ASCII art, like in one of them, it's a castle. And so we took like all the flags and made them red. And we took all of like the rooftops basically of the castle and we made them yellow. And uh, you can do that if you're not familiar with how to change the color. Uh, Again, it goes back to the console class. If you go, if you do console dot foreground color um, and then set it equal to console color dot like red or something, that will change the the color of the text. There's also uh, console dot background color, I believe, and uh, you can set that. Basically, the instead of having just a black background on a given character uh, in the console, you can change it to whatever color you want to. Which, if you play Dwarf Fortress, they do that all the time. Yeah. So that's another thing we could consider. But I just feel like um, adding that little bit of color. 
it was a, it was really tedious, by the way, because for the ASCII art, like the castle and stuff, it, we just do a console.write or console.write line, and then it's basically like a whole bunch of characters in a string or, you know, spaces, whatever. And we had to basically split all of those up. And so, like, the flag, we would split the string before the flag, and then after that, we would set the console foreground color to red, and then we would just make another console write command that has the flag in it, and then we would set the console color or foreground color back to gray, and then we would split, or then we would have the rest of that original string there. Um, and sometimes one string would have, you know, four or five flags or whatever. Um, so we, it was just, it was very painstaking, but I feel like the end result looked really cool. And it, it just, I just felt really encouraged and like, yeah, this is awesome. Like we're actually making a game. So I was excited about that. Um, man, how long was I talking about that? <laughs> Not that long. It was only a couple minutes. Okay. God. <laughs> but, um, I think we are coming up against the, uh, our, our time frame we have. So, yeah. Um, I think we, we did good this week. Let's keep doing good. We'll keep making some progress. Uh, we're super happy that you guys could join us, but, uh, before we go, let's talk about our goals this week and our challenges. Yep. Um, well, I, I mentioned one goal, uh, which is, um, more for us as a team. Um, I'd like to get through the first fight with Smile and Donnie. And I agree. in doing that, we're going to work out the fight mechanics, um, which I feel like is going to be a it's going to be a big amount of progress because once we actually get past the initial scene and we get into town, then we have a lot of the arena battles mechanics taken care of. Right. Um, so I think that's a really good goal for us. Um, specific to you, I guess. Uh, again. <laughs> Same goal I've had for like the last couple of weeks, I think. Um, get in and start programming. Yeah, that has been, except not last week. Last week was uh, yeah the podcast. podcast. Um, yeah, get in and start programming. If it uh, if it brings you any encouragement too, get yourself that C sharp player's guide. Yeah, for sure. I've been looking to pick that up. Um, I checked out a C sharp book uh, this last week, and it's been kind of pumping me up. I got uh, the C sharp handbook, I think, is what it's called. It's like a thousand pages, but oh, geez, um, but it's pretty, it's pretty good. I think I'm gonna get a lot out of it. So cool. Um, well, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Um, so get in, do some programming on your own, and then I think last week we had talked about um, having one session where you just program and I just kind of give you tips or whatever along the way. So maybe we should schedule that doing that um, at some point. Yeah. We talked about like maybe including that in our game jam, like yeah. we'll do like an hour. Of oh, game. that's true. Which by the way, um, um, we should talk about game jam dates soon. I know that's outside yeah, the podcast. We Cause we I talked about like April, right? Uh, yeah, we did. I, I have another date that I think we could do. So if, it'd be cool if we could do like, a game jam a month, but I don't know if that's really practical. Eh, maybe, maybe down the road. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's not that bad. Like <laughs> once a month, Yeah, but just thinking that it's like, you know, 
24 hours or 48 hours like that's a that's a long time for us to be away from our families that's true so, fair enough um all right yeah so your goal from me is to do some programming um yeah i will and uh i just want to i want to challenge you like i said earlier i want uh try to stay away from the news you know like if you're listening to npr on the way to work or or the news on the way to work or whatever or you know you catch a headline in the newspaper stand uh you know that's fine but i'd say that let's do our best to avoid seeking out okay uh news ourselves okay you know if you read a headline in passing or hear something that's fine but maybe instead of watching you know trevor noah yeah uh, talk about donald trump again um <laughs> uh, maybe pick up a history book and yeah read a little bit of that instead or or uh do something constructive you know like um like watching the game developers conference yeah. like you did this time. Yep. So good on you. Right. I think it's a good a good one. We'll try it up for this week. I like it. Um yeah, so this week we'll be uh later today we'll be dropping some episodes, so make sure to to check them out. Um I guess it'll be the first episode, so when you get to this one, ho- hopefully you get to this one. <laughs> uh, You've already listened to yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh also again, we uh we have a website you can go to uh, what's the link for our website? Airpodcast.com slash GameDevsQuest? Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I'll take a look exactly. Um, I know sometimes it might be Airpodcast.com slash category slash GameDevsQuest. Okay, cool. So check that out. Um, also hit us up on Twitter at GameDevsQuest. Um, right now we have like 15 followers and I'm sure like seven of them are bots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so follow us. Uh, send us some tweets. Um, let us know, you know, your progress in game development. Let us know if you have any, um, advice for us or any questions for us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can also email us at gdq at airpodcast.com. So, uh, well with that, I think that, yeah, I think that that does does it. it. All right. Thanks for listening guys. Um, hope you all have a good week. Roll that music. Cue that music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>